Hello, hello. How is everybody? Very happy Thursday. What a beautiful day. How are we all out there in the chat room? Nice to see you. Jesper77, Moya Surfer Dude, Jojo, Carol, As, Frudium, Cheeky as always, Cheeky, 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 Captain Storm, Texoro. We have an awesome show lined up for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We have the amazing Guy Gross. Uh, he's a multi-award winning Australian film and television composer, APRA ambassador, recipient of the APRA AGSC International Achievement Award, past president of the Australian Guild of Screen Composers and founding member of the Composers Collective, Church Street Studios. We all know and love him from our beautiful Farscape, but he has a gazillion other extraordinary credits, which include some of them. Uh, the Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Swinging Safari, Border Town, East West 101, Cuts, and the list goes on and on and on. Are we all ready to say hello to the beautiful Guy Gross? He's waiting for us in the land of Zoom, and we'll bring him into our beautiful Twitch tribe, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. I need some frail years. We're going to need some frail years. We love Guy. Guy, Guy, Guy. Yay! <laughs> Hello, hello. Guy, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Good morning. I can hear you. How are you all? Is it just you or just, we're just the two of us, right? Just, oh, just me. No, it's about me and about, oh, about 50 uh, people tuning in from all around the globe. Well, good morning. Uh, I don't get to see them. What kind of technology is this? I know, I know. It's a very basic system because since the mighty lockdown happened, I've been like, collecting like a little little bird like collecting bits and pieces oh i need a monitor oh now i need a, a compression mic oh now <laughs> i need another mic now i need it <laughs> so you got so, it together yeah just just okay, guy, cool. just what's been going on in your world uh well we're having usual covert craziness in sydney uh it's kind of a little out of lockdown we're going to cafes and restaurants but people uh you know, there's no more love making on the streets. It's just stopped. What? Everyone stopped what? doing that. That's just that's over. Over. Well, I thought I thought that stopped when I left town. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's no one left. <laughs> uh, it's no. It's still a little crazy. People are still being careful. You know what? I was walking down the street the other day, and someone behind me said, "Like out of the way, out of the way." I wasn't walking fast enough in these COVID times. And what? when I giggled at them saying "out of the way, out of the way," uh, she said to me. Yeah, you can't walk that slow. It's COVID, right? You got to you got to walk a bit faster. Get out of the way. People got. It, it was really strange. Oh you my know what? God. It brings the best what? and the worst out of humans. They specifically said it's COVID. Keep yeah, it moving. Yeah, she turned kind around when I giggled at her, like "Get out of the way, get out of the way." She said, "You can't, you can't <laughs> loiter like that on the streets now." <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, they're funny about that. They don't like people sitting around. Must keep moving. Keep moving. It's just very like, busy. Yeah. She couldn't keep her sense of space, I guess, her, her, <laughs> her, you know, her personal space. So she uh, wanted to hurry me up. You know what? Life's too important to take seriously. I just, you know, chill. Just go through it slowly. Slow. No, there's no hurry. The only thing you've got to hurry for are airplanes. And there's none of those at the moment. So it's all no. good. Hey, so um, before we went live, we were t uh, having a little chat about good old LA and Australia and the differences. How, how many adventures have you had to beautiful Hollywood? 
in Los Angeles. So I have some family in LA. I've got a kind of slightly famous uh, cousin who was a cinematographer, did Terminator and a few other Arnie films. Um, Adam Greenberg, um, quite well-respected cinematographer. So I used to visit my family over there when I was young. Um, And then I got lucky with a feature film called Frauds, which I think you can see on my website, kind of like there's a pirate version there, Quiet on ggtv i've got a little channel on my website um and it's a hilariously unusual strange film with the with phil collins the drummer from genesis remember phil collins um so he's the lead actor in it and it was my first feature and i did the score with the melbourne symphony orchestra um it was big um and i was a young 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 thing um but we mixed it in la in fact we mixed it the we were the next film after dancing with wolves remember that kevin costner film oh that little film yeah so that film was mixing in a a big mixing theater and we were the next job in after that and so i spent a couple of weeks in los angeles mixing this film called frauds um which was you know it's still some of my best work but i can guarantee you if you found if some of the guys out listening watch frauds they're going to hear little little bits of farscape sort of the, 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 the genesis of my style in that film. We're going to hear a little bit of uh, where Farscape took me eventually, sonically. But um, that was my first professional LA trip. And How I mentioned- How old were you? Like 25, 20, oh, almost 30 years ago. So like early 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Just, just last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 30 <laughs> something years ago. Really nuts. It's hard to believe. But you know, it, I don't know if any of our viewers are uh, industry people, but they, they may know this, that uh, I was, many people tried to convince me from that point on to stay in LA, take my professional life seriously, get a place, sit down and, and start working. Um, but for those of you like Gigi has been to Sydney, it's a nice place here. And uh, it's a juggle between, you know, professional life and personal life. And I've got three kids now and, uh, three kids what, yeah. what ages have you got 24 23 oh. and 16. oh my gosh yeah what a what a troop yeah yeah no they're good value my 24 year old is more talented than me he's a great musician um he goes by the stage name of oscar joe you can hit him up oh. on uh, on uh, his youtube channel um and he also does some film scoring with me occasionally i drag him in the things that i can't do um, like he's a really good singer songwriter. So whenever there's a song required, I go, Oscar, quick, I need you. And that's the great amazing. thing is he lives next door to the recording studio that I work in. So that's Score. really convenient. Yeah, <laughs> magic. <laughs> Although there's a downside is that I can tell when he's been in the studio because I come in and the chair position's different and there's a bit of his things around the place. And I go, ah, oh, he's been in my studio. Oh, I, yeah, someone's been sitting in my chair. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, a guy, we've got Frunium, we've got Ricky Manning in the chat room. He likes to pop hey, in every Ricky, now and then. So, so he's, nice he's sending lots of love, as is everyone in the chat room, and, and saying back. Sydney's the best. Sydney, yeah, Sydney rocks. Lucky, hey. So where where were you when Farscape found you? And what was the process like uh, becoming involved with the show? And did, had you yeah. already seen it? Had you heard about it? Where Where were you in life? In truth, it was a really uncomfortable start because the dear composer, Chris Neal, who had the gig, uh, is a, was a dear friend of mine, is a dear oh, friend of mine. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And it was a really, it was uncomfortable and, and, and we, we had a bit of a fractious moment there, but oh. we've solved it since. Um, 
it was just suffice to say there were political shenanigans going on behind the scenes and a few companies lost out. Um, I think visual effects got changed and I think the sound department got changed and the music department got changed for no other reason other than some political shenanigans. So it wasn't a creative, it wasn't that he would... No, I don't think so. Look, I'm a very different composer to Chris and I don't know whether someone wanted to go safe because the stuff Chris was doing was wild. It was like out there and brilliant and it was was new, it was fresh. And I can't do that stuff. That's not me. I'm a traditionalist. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a classically trained, uh, total traditionalist. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know whether, no, I, I do know that it was a political choice. It wasn't a, it wasn't a creative choice. Um, and I was just lucky that the uh, right place, right time. I, Chris was too busy to do one of their trailers um, and the, towards the end of season one, he was scoring, scoring really. So um, I got asked to do that trailer. And again, I did it in a really traditional sense. And uh, I think when things got hairy for season two, they went, well, how about that kid that did the uh, the trailer? He did a, a good job. So I, I got called up for that. Um, and yeah, but uh, as people, you know, rightly have criticized sometimes, my scores for seasons two, three, and four and the, and the Peacekeeper, they're a little more conventional. They're a little more as you would expect from a sci-fi score. And that's just right. my style. That's just yeah. the way I work. When you're working so intensely, like, I mean, I suppose all of us, we didn't know how long it would go on for, but uh, when, when, when you're working, like, it took, what, about eight days, you were saying, in the commentary to do an episode, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's officially two weeks. It was officially a two-week turnaround, but they sort of overlapped, so you had to, you couldn't leave it for the whole two weeks, we had to be started on the next one. But well, you know what's really interesting? I was just uh, setting up for this Skype yesterday, for this uh, Zoom yesterday, and I thought I'd, you know, grab some. I thought I'd grab some instruments and some sounds that I could play you guys. And I realized, oh my God, none of this technology existed when I scored Farscape. The what? None as in Zoom wise, or as in, no, no, as in music as in wise? How I'm creating the music? Yeah. So at the moment, oh, those so it's a whole other level interested in the tech um i'm speaking to my main computer right so you can see my main co- i've got a camera set up behind me can everyone see both <laughs> cameras can they um so these three monitors and the big monitor is my main computer right but it makes none of the sound the sound is made by that little computer in the corner of the back of my studio um and so all the when i hit this piano sound right the note information is sent to the back of the room that computer creates the piano, zooms back down the front, comes out my speakers. And the reason, there's a couple of reasons for doing that, but it sort of takes the pressure off the main computer, which is busy doing other things like picture and other audio bits. Um, but when I was working on Farscape, I had a seven foot rack of old synthesizers, right? And every morning it would take me 20 minutes to boot it all up and to load up the CDs and the floppy disks and get all the sounds ready. It was nuts. It was, you know, it was high tech then, but it was low tech compared to what we have today. It's, so it's, I had, ne- it's you know, next this, level stuff. Seven foot rack of stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I might be able to, I could probably find a photo. Maybe we can screen share later on. I can see if I can find it. Um, and so most of the sounds that I use today, are, like I haven't got some of those sounds that made Farscape Farscape. Wow. Because you know, they, they're not around anymore. They, they're not 
Well, those synths are in storage. Yeah. They're, I don't have them. They're not physically at my fingertips. They're not yeah, at your fingertips. This, this computer is the only thing that makes my sound now, and it's got all these modern new sound libraries, which are amazing, and I love working with them, don't get me wrong, but the sounds that made Farscape Farscape, they're in storage. Wow. <laughs> they're, they're on well, backup. Yeah, my you realize that you might have to bring them out, you know, yeah, because bring it there, on. Is some, there is some serious talk, you know, it's I back on Amazon this. Prime. Yeah, well, I haven't have hocked them on eBay. <laughs> good, 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 good job. Yeah, uh, yeah. So um, when you're working with Farscape, when you're working with Farscape, because it was like day in, day out, do you dr dream? Like, would you wake up and go, yes, I can use that? Or like, is it so in so much a part of your world that you 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 dream because i know like when i'm working on jobs and stuff if i'm a lot of times with farscape i would dream about the character or dream about you know your choice in a scene or something like that because your brain is sort of so into that mode yeah Do you come up with creations in your sleep yeah so you know what the difference between your craft and mine is that you are you are creating the storytelling you know like you've got a script sure but you are you are driving that and creating that world, whereas I am responding to the world you've created, right? So don't forget when I start writing music for an episode, the episode has to be completely finished. Sometimes there might be some visual effects I don't see, uh, but mostly it's entirely finished. So when I start scoring, I'm watching the whole show and lucky, Farscape's a damn good show. And I was really into it. And I would love seeing what's happening next. And I'd get a, copy of the episode prior to what's called the spotting session so spotting session is when we sit down and we decide what spots right spotting session what spots we would put music in so i'd get a copy i wouldn't watch it Shh, don't tell the producers <laughs> i wouldn't watch whatever because, yeah well i didn't want to watch it because i didn't want to spoil the surprise for when i start working on the episode so i would turn up to the spotting session and I kind of watch it for the first time with the director and the, the editors and the sound team and I would go, yeah, I get really excited for the good guys. And I get really, I'd, go, I'd be following and enjoying the story. And I good. think it's really important for me to do that because I want to respond to the images and to the storytelling the same way I expect the audience to, right? So I don't want to be jaded with the material. So I'm watching the material, scoring it, and trying to accent the storytelling the way I feel it's happening. Yeah, naturally, as opposed to trying to... Yeah, as opposed out. to overthink it. So, so you'd watch the whole. Well, I suppose if it's just spot sections, though. But would no, you, no, whole so episode. Would you see, oh, the whole episode. Okay, got yeah. you. So you watch a whole episode, and and then you're sort of already starting to calculate to create in your in your in your imagination what where it's heading to. No, I'll tell you. Well, it, we sit down, we watch it, and I have a little spotting book, and the director would elbow me. If we're going to start something here, and he would elbow me. Well, that's enough here, not here, nothing here. And the sound team would sometimes say, Guy, can you can you cover this sequence? And I'd say, Yeah, I'm doing it. And sometimes I'd say, Sound, this is, doesn't sound like a musical sequence to me. You're covering this, right? And they'd go, Yep, we got this. And we would make sure that everyone understands what the other person's role in is. Doing. In that, yeah, in that episode. And then we'd run away and ferret into our little studios and spend a week or two scoring or doing the sound or who, whatever your job is. And then we would come together at the uh, final mix and listen to all those parts put together and uh, and try and make the sound a, a beautiful thing. That's amazing. When you're watching a film, like mm. in everyday life or a series, how easy is it for you just to watch the film and not be in composer mode? I uh, you know what, you come in and out depending <laughs> on the quality of the film. 
uh, a good film. I'm don't you isn't it like yeah. so refreshing when you can just watch it and go that was an amazing film, which is so rare. Yeah. Well, when it's an amazing film, you can do that because when it's a crappy film. You're going, oh, gee, the uh, cinematography is a bit dodgy, isn't it? This and, is crap. Ooh, that performance is not so, yeah, look, bad music, bad performances, bad editing, bad cinematography, all those things take you out of the storytelling. And um, you know what? I always describe storytelling like you're sitting around a campfire and someone's telling you a story. And if someone on the side goes, oh, squirrel, right? That, <laughs> that, that takes you out of the storytelling. Right? You want to be absorbed in the storytelling. So you want to make sure that all the elements, cinematography, editing, music, performances on screen, dialogue, you want to make sure they're all on the same page, telling the same story around that campfire. You don't want anyone to go, oh, squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> you want it and to be direct. And, and especially when a project like Farscape, it's just, it was so beautifully directed. And uh, Andrew, dear Andrew, was just so single-minded and had such a good vision. Everyone understood what, what was going on on screen emotionally. And that's, that's the important bit. And you, your performances, the actors were just superb. And it was, there was no confusion as to how people were feeling on screen. You knew what was going on. You felt it. You, and, and for a composer, that's a joy because all I have to do then is enhance it. You know, just turn up to 11. It was absolutely wild, wasn't it? Like I noticed one of the things that you mentioned in i watched your eat me commentary uh, yesterday and you said how insanely unpredictable farscape is and it get goes weird and then it gets weirder yeah. and the stakes get so incredibly high yeah. and like characters do unforgivable things but you can't fall out of love with them because they're who they are yeah i mean what, what a delight to for an actor a composer anyone to work on that production it's so epic wasn't it yeah totally and i think everyone realizes that whilst it was you know set in space and uh, faraway places essentially we're talking about human emotions yes or subation mm -hmm. emotions whatever you <laughs> uh, but you know it was and that's why we all connected to it so well i think and that's why the fans loved it that um ultimately it was stories that we were able to empathize with because we've felt those emotions together before uh, Jojo from Toronto would like to know uh, what do you do if you get stuck on a composition? There ain't no time for that. Um, <laughs> That's what um, Ricky said about the writing. He's like, no, yeah. you don't get have a chance to get writer's block because it's going so fast and furious. That's right. Look, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's a job. You've just got to do your job. Um, mm. And I'm lucky. I was well trained and I have a pretty deep vocabulary of musical uh, understanding you know when you're performing as an actor you're digging into techniques that you have seen done successfully in the past right and uh, i'm a musician that digs into the incredible history of music um and luckily for the last whatever 40 years um i have been paying attention to when i feel something when i hear a piece of music i pay attention to what is it about that piece of music that made me feel that way yeah um, and put it down in my brain of oh there's pathos must remember that harmony <laughs> and not particularly that accurate harmony but you know that uh, that approach to music telling um you know there's joy there's there's sadness there all those things we have to express with notes you know you know i've got 88 notes and i put them in the right order and they'll say something to you i hope um and i tell my students the only true demonstration of genius 
which sadly I'm not. But for me, the true demonstration of genius is someone who can take these notes and put them in an order that we haven't heard before, a fresh approach, yet it still speak to us. Yeah. Like how on earth, that, that's genius, right? So yeah. I, that doesn't come around very often. Um, for me, it's like, you know, when you tell us a joke, you tell a joke, you know how this punchline comes, you know the timing. A good comedian can be speaking a completely different language and you can still feel the humor, right? So that's where genius music happens. It ain't me. <laughs> it's some other composers and filmmakers. No, not me. It's not so me. It's not me. <laughs> I, I have to rely on the knowledge of the history of music and I go, sad pathos. Oh, yeah, I know how to do that. And, you know, I, I, of course, I want to try and be somewhat original. And clearly, I'm original to the point that I'm writing music specifically for those sequences, right? The things that are on screen in front of me now. Um, I'm not copying and pasting ideas from my past onto these new pictures. No, no, no. I'm, I'm responding directly to the images in front of me. Um, and thankfully, allowing the history of my musical knowledge to seep through my DNA, out my fingers into the computer and tell a story. Uh, Scaper Lee wants to know whose idea was it to use an orchestra for Peacekeeper Wars and what was it like? David Kemper, I think, was the uh, was the one who said, make sure we keep some money for the real orchestra. Because for seasons two, three, and four, I was completely synthetic, right? I was me and That's my amazing. toys. That's amazing. Just my, you, you alone. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, occasionally, I think I would grab something real. Ah, oh, Eat Me. That's a really good example. So, Eat Me, I grabbed an old euphonium. Uh, that's yes. like a small tuba. And I played the crap out of it uh, into what's called a, a Pro Tool session, right? Just a and just played and played and played. In fact, it was that wasn't the only instrument, was it? It was euphonium, I think, uh, a, was, a scratchy I, I, violin, I think I used yeah, as well. Yeah, and a trumpet, remember? Trumpet, right, okay. Mucking around yeah. with a trumpet. Only 20 years ago, why can't I remember this? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and I created a whole bunch of what's called samples. For those who don't know, samples mean that, here, I'll give you a little example. Let me turn up the speakers. Turn down my headphones. Um, here's an example of a, um, a sort of. So every time I press this note, it's actually playing back the recording of a real French horn section. So someone has actually recorded a French horn. Uh, here's another example. Here's a cello. sad for the morning isn't it oh, oh. <laughs> um so yeah each time i hit one of these keys it is literally zooming down the uh, cables to the computer up the back finding that recording of that cello that's actually tina guo i think if you pronounce her second name she's Hans zimmer's cellist um she did a beautiful sample set uh, and so every time i press that note she plays a note for me the one i asked her to play um and these are called samples so i created my own sample set for Eat Me, which, to be completely honest, was the idea of the editor. Oh. Yeah, normally the editors are really very tactful and stay out of briefing me because the brief should kind of come from the director, right? And the producer. 
But this one instance, the editor thought he had a good idea and he had a damn good idea. Yeah. Um, to be influenced by a Jerry Goldsmith score from, I think, Aliens 2 or 3. You, can't remember. Isn't that one of your favorites? Yeah, what an awesome score. That's right. And so I ain't got a budget for a symphony orchestra at all for the best sort of Los Angeles brass section, but I do have a euphonium. <laughs> I got this. What about yeah. this? Yeah, so I went and sampled that, and I'm really proud of the result. I think it was a great call by the editor to, to suggest that to me. Um, and because what a what a crazy bizarre episode that was hey it was trippy yeah that's why farscape's so good but it's weird yeah. because it really does go all out there like you say but the characters are so real and organic and yeah. you you just connect with them it, like i've mentioned it a few times before to me i didn't see it as a sci-fi even though there was aliens and critters and creatures it was just a screwed up family lost in space you know doing yeah. their best to you know battle their way through the uncharted territories and i think that's why it worked hey yeah yep. uh so tau of pi asks is there any chance of more farscape soundtracks from la la land records the three volumes weren't enough <laughs> um so I don't, for those who don't know yeah there's quite a few there's four soundtracks all up i think like the first season we did one and then la la did albums two three and four which were just basically lifts from episodes uh almost no editing just let's run the episode take out the silences mm. and top the tail which is kind of a unique thing um i had to be honest when i write music i'm not the kind of composer that writes music to stand on its own to be honest uh, i serve the pictures first and foremost um if someone can whistle my melodies after the event great bonus but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to serve the pictures and make sure that the storytelling is enhanced. Um, so when uh, I got approached to do top to tail albums, just the background music, I'm like, are you sure people are going to want to hear this? This is, this is never intended to be heard on its own. And uh, they go, no, 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 no. We, we, we think we, people would like to hear it. So we found six episodes, I think, all up on the three albums, yeah, that were adequate as standalone pieces. But I look, I really appreciate the fans who do enjoy them. You can't get all of them anymore. I think they're all sort of sold out. I, I must say, I do have my own personal stash, which I think Ooh. I might have to start uh, releasing or, or selling for some charity causes. That'd be a good mm -hmm. idea, wouldn't it? Stick it on eBay and raise some money for a local hospital or something. I think people would be blown away if they appeared because yeah, I think I, sign a few of those and get them out. That's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Um, speaking of albums, do you have one of the exclusive twentieth anniversary edition metallic gold vinyl limited only to fifteen hundred soundtrack album of Farscape that was released on July the twelfth, two thousand and nineteen? Do you yeah, have one? Yeah, I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. <laughs> Happily, it's on my wall outside. It's very proudly uh, presented up there. I haven't actually heard it. What? <laughs> I haven't got a record player. <laughs> it's just you just use them as coasters around the house. Frisbees, frisbee down the path. As <laughs> like a placemats. Like wait a second. Um, but uh, it's a very nice thing to do. We found uh, one extra track. Uh, Chris found an extra track, and I found an extra track from our libraries of, of, of Farscape material, and so it's a good little release. I think you can still get it. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you can uh, get it digitally as well, by the way. It's um, You don't have to buy the, uh, the sound. So I have heard it, actually. What am I saying? I've heard it on uh, Spotify. You can hear it on Spotify or on uh, iTunes, I think. 
because Brian Henson, if you look it up, he does a funny little clip um, promoting yeah, it when so it first went. Did you see that? So beautiful, yeah. And he's like, it has a poster, but you can't see it. You have to get it. <laughs> and then he goes, you could even get two, one to mount and one right. to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, very, so, he's got a um, the studio where Henson's are is the old Charlie Chaplin studio. And there's quite a mm. well-respected recording studio in the building. So he has a great love of music. Uh, so a Captain Calvin uh, wants to know uh, what would be your most awesome melody? Yeah, your, oh, your top good one. question. <laughs> well, you know what? One of my notable melodies is not actually one of mine. Um, you remember in the episode, The Locket? Um, yes. Let me see if I can play it. Um, that's an old traditional Irish tune, which um, the character Crichton sings in the episode. And I just loved it so much that I worked it in and around the score for that episode. Wasn't that a beautiful episode, The Locket? One of my favorites. So was Ben improwing it or did the guys say, because I know I there was a lot of... it was written in the script. It was written in the script. That's yeah. amazing. But then it was even... just joyous to take that and develop it and... Uh, change some of the harmonies and and just you know follow the storytelling around with that score um you know what can we can i do a little impro here yeah do you want me to mute me is it better if i'm just muted try, or is it okay you try it as we go i'm gonna turn me up here i'll do what i do which is how i write my music it's it's basically layered so i'm gonna start with some strings another sound in fact that flute wasn't bad should we do the flute yeah where is it there's no flute there where okay let's do that one Maybe we can add a, uh, what else we got here? Oh, cello, that cello was lovely. Let's try and see what we can do with the cello.
I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, but he's just making it up as he goes along. And that's right. That's, that's, exact, that's exactly what I do. Um, that's my job. I make it up as I go along. They're notes. I put them in order. You don't like that order? I change the order. Um, that's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, so that's how I do it. It's sort of very much like collage work, you know, like you cut out bits out of a, out of a magazine. You put bits there and bits there. So that was like strings, flute, and cello. And, you know, obviously, if I wasn't happy with something, I'd do it again. That was all first take mistakes and all. Um, so, yeah, if I wasn't happy, I would try it again. And, uh, or, ever, you know, the, sometimes I get to the end of a composition and go, yeah, you know what? But that first instrument that I did, let's get rid of it, for instance. Or strings. Let's have a listen to what that whole thing sounds like. Just cello and flute. Clearly not intended to be like this, but this is a good example of what could happen. Oops. There's my cello. Sorry, one That's not crap. That's not crap. <laughs> you're you know, amazing. You you go know, home and you, say that wasn't crap, then you had a good day. Yeah, you know, you're, you're phenomenal. I feel like you might have been a king or emperor or something in one of your past lives because I was watching you as you're listening to your creations and there is something extremely majestic. Is that right? The lion in the jungle or the ki king looking over his kingdom like it was a really beautiful. Are you? Yeah, that's, that's the Leo in me probably. Are you a Leo? Well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, so Captain, it was, it's quite, it was hypnotizing. Uh, Captain Calvin uh, wants to know, what is the job description of a, of a president of the Australian Guild of Screen Composers? What's uh -huh. the job description? What do you have to do? It's, so I, we have a small guild of screen composers in Australia. Um, and thankfully, I'm no longer the president. There's some more talented people now to president. I've passed the baton. But look, we have, um, like anywhere in the world, we have issues of uh, industrial disputes and whatnot. And it's a pretty difficult profession. There's way too many composers and not enough work for us. Um, and I'm certainly one of the lucky ones. Um, but for those that know my CV, I'm lucky because I was born into a film family. So I had yeah. a serious leg up. I, um, uh, I used to write all the music for my parents' films, which were animated children's films. Wow. Um, so Blinky Bill was a big hit in Australia and Germany, would you believe, of all places, those <laughs> two places, it was huge. Um, and so my father and mum did produce those films and did lots of children's animation over the years. And so I was the composer for all those things. And then moved on and uh, yeah, so in, I represented the composers at some point um, and we try and fix conditions for composers, make sure contracts are good, make sure fees are up, um, make sure there's a respect and understanding of what composers do. Good job. Mm -hmm. Good job. Yeah, we need, we, um, it was interesting because Fast, I remember the um, Actors' Equity coming out to Fastgate trying to deal with all, all of us monsters because they've right. never seen a show like Fastgate before. We're like, well, we've never seen someone that wears three and a half hours of prosthetics. For <laughs> They're right. like, what? what? Hmm, 
I don't know what, this is a new thing. It was quite, uh, Australia had no idea what to do with Farscape, did they? It was massive. <laughs> it was like the circus had come to town. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was amazing. So uh, everyone wants to know, uh, Moya Surfer Dude wants to know, uh, what was your favourite episode to score? Good question. Look, the locket was up there. That was just so emotional and so beautiful. Uh, the one you guys looked at yesterday, that, that three-parter, that was epic. Um, oh, I know, right? I know, yeah. I forget. And yeah, then yeah, I was yeah. like, <gasps> Yeah, oh. of course, the other one is, uh, what episode's Aaron's funeral in? Is that ep one, the season four? The next one, the dichotomy is the next one coming yeah. up, I think. Okay, the so finale. Um, that was a joy to do because, like, how often do you get to score a funeral, really? Oh, it's my. Oh. <laughs> you know? And actually, i got to tell you something really beautiful. About four or five people have approached me for permission to use that piece in funerals of their family. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? In fact, one wow. had it performed live, asked me for the actual notes. Um, That's extraordinary. And, yeah, and performed it live at a funeral, which is like, what an honor. What a, what a, what a beautiful honor for that to to be the case and that was um so talking about my favorite melodies that was definitely up there but again anyone who knows anything about music will go but hang on guy that sounds a lot like like a classic piece of bach or handle and <laughs> yep you know what it does because that's what i grew up with those are the yeah. that's my musical dna and i sang in choirs and uh, i learned all that stuff it's like you know that kind of criticism and i totally accept it it's it's definitely valid but it's like saying to someone when you ask them to describe the sunset and they say wait a minute they're words you're using aren't they and i go yeah well words have been used before to describe the sunset i said that's right you see yeah, you, yeah. you know if, you, if you're too original it's just it won't be understood you yeah. need to work in a vocabulary that people understand have connected so, yeah, and that's what I was saying about genius. Pure genius is when you can create a new language and still communicate, right? Mm. That ain't me. I work in a language that we all understand, I hope, <laughs> a musical language that is somewhere in our psyche. Um, and I draw on those cliches, and that's not a bad word. I draw upon those known tropes uh, and make sure that the audience understands the story and just feels it that much deeper. Okay, because this will sort of lead into our next little question. Because sci-fi tattoo guy, mm -hmm. I love that the, everyone's names. They're, they're very. I see creative. the tattoo. Show us the tat. I know. Give it. <laughs> give us the tats. Uh, says guy, did you come to the series with a palette of influence sounds that you knew you wanted to use, or was it more of a spur of a moment kind of thing? So, so many great pieces in the show, like Field of Joy. Good question. So yeah, the palette I came with was somewhat limited by the technology at the time. Because I'm a classical composer, uh, but one that mostly realizes their music through synthesizers, right? Not with real orchestras, because budgets don't allow for it. So I'm a classical composer, but trying to make my music with synthesizers, computers. That's amazing. Um, so what I have to do is, at the time, 20 years ago, work within the limitations of the technology and only work with sounds that I believe were convincingly organic. Um, the last thing I wanted to do was for our audience to be distracted by the sonic quality of the music. So I would find a palette within the technology that I had that allowed me to work what I felt was orchestrally and organic and as human-like as possible. That's amazing. Which I've got um, to say contrasts with Dear Chris's first season. 
because he was fantastically wild in his yeah. approach and his son uh, Brady they were kind of like no 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 this is a new world we're creating a new palette wow. and that was a fantastic approach I mean I, I'm hats off to them because I can't do that that's just a, that's a it's an approach that that's just not within my knowledge um, and they were able to create new feels new new worlds organically and musically and um, uh, just, just a different approach um, you know not, not no one is better than the other it's just people respond to them differently um, and I can only do what I can do which was uh, express musically what I know through my training what so when um, I think it was like around 2016 uh, a good friend invited me to go and see uh, the Hollywood scoring stage I believe Ooh, yeah. it's at Warner Brothers Classic. And do you know Charles Henry Avalanche? Is he? Don't think so. No. He, no. Okay, so he was this beautiful composer that um, was leading this orchestra. It was a stunning, and they were putting in a bid for one of the new Star Trek series. Oh wow! Yeah, so we got to actually see them play the play the intro. Or I was like, are they wow. even alive right now? And <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous. Like I thought, I thought, you know, when obviously my passion's acting you know dabbled in directing and writing and producing and all that fun stuff but there's just so many parts to this business that is so eye-opening and jaw-dropping and when you see that like yeah. there's so much that goes into a movie or a television yeah. series or documentary like what do you have a favorite do you prefer uh, composing for a feature film or a doco or do, is it just the energy that you get on specific projects you know what they're all so different so i kind of like the feeling of being the master of my own domain and creating the score synthetically finishing it mixing it doing all the things putting it to bed and going home and having a day a good job day, a job well done and finishing my day however the idea of working orchestrally with a an engineer and musicians and an orchestrator and copyists and a conductor and all the assistance that you need it's a completely different feel of production it's not solitary at all obviously it's collaborative um but it's a headache oh my god it's hard work um it's a very different thing you're flying by the seat of your pants um it's not as easy to make changes quickly because you've got an orchestra sitting in front it's of a you whole it's shebang, like yeah. 10 grand a minute it's just nuts um you do not want to mess up um, I don't love that stress. I can do it every now and then, but it's not something I would want to do 24-7. I take my hats off to the likes of, you know, John Powell and, and Williams and all those guys that do it 24-7. Just crazy. Couldn't do it. My heart couldn't survive it. Brutium said, Ricky said, didn't you use some Sydney Orchestra folks for the chorus for the big command carrier destruction scene? Yes, he's right. I did occasionally grab the occasional <laughs> life. So, yeah, of course, when, when you've got the time and the pictures really, really, really need it, um, I grabbed players here and there. Sometimes I'd play things myself. In fact, I grabbed a few instruments to show you guys. Um, but, yeah, I think we did a choral session as well for that. I grabbed the local... Uh, Sydney University male choir for some of that um, mm. and the occasional soloist I brought in um, uh, as I say for Aaron's funeral I had a beautiful soloist called Jenny Duck Chong uh, sing that for me um, yeah so you're right when when scenes really needed it I stepped up and got a live sessions in but you have to remember it puts a real uh, pause on my process um, I've got to prep the parts I've got to find a recording studio 
Um, at that time, I didn't own Australia's biggest recording studio, but I was soon to do that. Um, uh, but so I had to find studios. It was it was you know challenges like anything, um, but it puts a whole break on your flow, and so you can't do that regularly for TV shows. Although there are you know shows like The Simpsons that they have a regular recording session booked every week. That's just a machine. They have that whole thing sorted. Uh, and of course, if Farscape came back in a series form and they had the budget for real musicians, yeah, you'd, you'd put the pieces in place to make sure that all I did was write music and the right people were next to me to go copying, orchestrating, conducting, engineer, the whole shebang. Everyone knew their role, was ready to go um, and that it was seamless. So hopefully I wouldn't sweat quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> so in your everyday life, do you have a theme? Do you have a do you, as you as you as cruising along, making your boiled egg in the morning or whatever That's else? That's so cute. Who asked that? <laughs> Me. That's your question. I love that. Do I think? Well, you know what? My poor family. Did they hear they you? They tell me to shut around. up a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I whistle a lot, and I, I I rhythm, I tap things a lot. So I'm often whistling. You know, a lot of Bach. I'm whistling. Uh, um, if I sit down and improvise for no particular reason other than it's fun, uh, where's the instrument? Here's a tacky old organ. Hang on, we can't hear it. Oh, you can't hear it? Nope. One second, one second, one second. So I, I like improvising with the classics. Um, you know, if I believed in such a thing, I wished, wished to believe that I was Bach in a past life. Um, he is the uh, source of all that is good in the world, I reckon. Um, and uh, I, yeah, you know, he's just such a genius composer. Um, and uh, almost everything we hear these days has some way to, you know, has Bach in it in some way. There's the strength of the harmonies. Um, and the counterpoint of the melodies are just so magic. Um, so that's kind of what I improvise when I just sit around and just do it for myself. Because it's a, it just a beautiful thing, music. It transports us to places that we can't go almost. You know, you could describe something in words, but as soon as you hear a song, and it will physic physically, mentally, emotionally, metaphysically, spiritually take you right back to, you can even smell, you know, the, sure. the first kiss or the Doesn't first taste it? of something or the first time you went to this place or whatever. Like, um, yeah, music's attached to all those things, isn't it? Right. It's yeah. it, on another level. And if you, um, with Chiana and stuff, a lot of times I would have my headphones and my, what, what, what was it called? iPod? Yeah, iPod back listening. then, right? Yeah, Walkman. Yeah, no, it wasn't quite Walkman. But it would just past the Walkman stage, and yeah. I would always have music to get me into wow. the scenes because it was next level stuff to help me to go to where I needed to go to. Right. Um, one of the haunting uh, uh, sounds in my soul has always been. Oh, Peter and the Wolf, Tchaikovsky. Yes. Yeah, that's true. How influential that. Yeah. It's for music and it brings back we like just you know you sing that it, you know it brings back to me my bed because i used to listen to that when i would go to sleep at night remember as a, as a little remember? Kid. totally puts you back there like to goosebumps kind of hair standing on it it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's bizarre is it so what 
So any fans that are out there, you've got to go and listen to Tchaikovsky because he's the oh. master orchestrator. He is absolutely was the master orchestrator. And, and especially, you know, if you've got kids and they haven't listened to Peter and the Wolf, they ought to, it's got to be a rite of passage, hasn't it? Do you have some, a, 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 a tune like that or a, sound, a, a story like that that someone's created that is in your deep within your soul you know what i mean that just no, takes you just it just i just none, uh, none. whistle it up no it's just <laughs> it's, i whistle whistle silly things i don't know where they come from and, and just, the kids are fun. like dad, dad yeah shut up already <laughs> actually you know what it's really gorgeous my littlest kid my 16 year old she's now got that bug she, i catch her she's whistling and tapping really and just me. yeah she's gonna drive her partner crazy one day <laughs> Jojo says, uh, your composing for Into the Lion's Den is amazing. The 20-piece Russian male choir was phenomenal. Yeah, was it's all just absolutely perfectly timed, and I don't know whether I'm more taken with the music or the scene unfolding. Yeah, it's very thanks. emotional for her, and uh, loves uh, Scorpi taking the last walk of his brain yeah. like a beauty pageant contestant. Incredible. Oh, that's really, <laughs> really sweet of her to say, because it's got to be up there with my works that i'm most proud of i gotta say that was a big big episode or a few couple of episodes and i went all out and also but you've got to remember the images and the editing and the acting they were all just so fantastic you just can't help but do a good job it's it's just so much easier when those images came to me i was just like well i know what i gotta do it's you know i've got to step it up and do a really good job yeah. um and again listen to how bachian that is shit that that is totally um my my youth in choirs singing in uh, i'm not religious but i sang in a lot of choirs that were enlisted to sing in churches and uh mm -hmm. you know for me it's just music i don't care where i do it and if it makes someone happy then that's it's a bonus so that was a, a big part of my youth um singing in those choirs that sang in churches um, and we often almost always sang quality bach um because wow. he wrote so much religious music um so if you listen to that episode, there's some seriously good Bachian harmonies that I think my harmony teacher would be really proud of. Wow. Uh, my brother, this is because he comes on, or you snuck in to see us buffing Wait, about. Right. Uh, Jakey wanted to know where's the weirdest place that you've ever come up with a, a tune. <laughs> They uh, toilet. That's where everyone comes up with their good stuff in the toilet, the don't they? All good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, boy thing. Yeah. Is that why the boys, you boys, are in there for so we're long? So, yeah, we're creating. Time. Totally, you're we're creating. creating. You're composing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it, it's it's uh, as I was saying earlier. It's uh, it's sad and it's good that it's a job. You sit down, you, you clock in, you know how much you've got to write in a day, and you get to work, and there's no time to mess around. Um, and sometimes you finish the day going, whoa, that was some really creative, out there, special music. And sometimes you go out and they're thinking that was effective when you did the job. Um, you know, sometimes uh, you, the images and the performances are what really drives the musical creativity for me. Uh, when it's fantastic subject matter, you enjoy it more. Yeah. Well, uh, so now if people want to find you and are you on Instagram, are you on social media? I, yeah, so I've got a Guy Gross Music Facebook and uh, I'm not a big Insta. I'm more of a, um, they want to hit me up as, um, I do have a personal page that I hit that one, Guy Gross, but hit Guy Gross Music on Facebook and I'll be more than happy to keep those updates rolling. Uh, wait, don't go. I want to play you something. Oh, yeah. Can you? Yeah, do we have to wrap up by 11, do we? 
No, no, it's totally fine. Do you want me to mute again so it's clear? No, no, it's all good because I'm just coming okay. through the microphone. Oh my god. Um, okay, so this thing, I actually didn't have one of these when I was scoring uh, Farscape. Uh, they're pretty rare. It's called a water phone. Doesn't it look like some kind of torture instrument out of... Uh, Farscape. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, what's that episode that they were strapped to a chair? Of um, uh, uh, the Aurora chair. That, yeah. Doesn't this look like... Uh, okay, yeah. It's called a water phone and you can actually literally pour water down the tube here um, and uh, yeah, I'll just turn around this way. Um, so I can see what's going on um, and you bow this thing it was actually invented by a, an American guy I think in New York um, and just have a listen to it I might be go back to the microphone have a listen to this weirdness Isn't that like something out of Eat Me, actually? Yeah. 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 So what else you fun. got back there? What oh, else have you got in your bag things. of tricks? I got some fun things. So what I haven't shown you, but I think you can see it on my website on my studios, churchstreetstudios.com.au. Um, I have a large instrument library, um, which is quite a buzz. And so where I can afford the time um, to the dog, your house, my house. Yeah, in my house. I was wondering if you heard the... Just the, the one dog. <laughs> Just the one um, dog. <laughs> so where I can, I put something real on the score. So here's a, uh, an ocarina. Um, ocarina is a South American instrument. Um, uh, this one's made out of clay. Um, which is a lovely thing to have. You can put it around your neck and walk with it good for, for uh, hiking and, and learning to play it which is how I learned uh, in my gap year after high school I uh, kept one of those with me all the time and drove my That's friends amazing. crazy <laughs> well, here's another here's a, you would be lots of fun one. at a party guy because we have ah, those parties where everyone, yeah. Yeah, everyone brings out all the fun <laughs> stuff after a few drinks oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> here's a, an excellent one for COVID times this is called a nose flute Oh, oh my, what? Yeah, and you literally blow your nose through it. Are you kidding I, me? I don't share this one around. Have a listen to this. <laughs> How bad oh is that? That's amazing. Yeah, not Where one is to be that shared. from? Nose flute, oh, yeah. I've got no idea. <laughs> I'd say, uh, yeah, in the, it's probably in the uh, Americas somewhere. It's a bizarre do you, one, isn't it? So they get, does it get made in the shape of your nose so you can play it correctly? <laughs> or it's just a random uh, nose that it's moulded on? You just have to have a big nose. See, look. <laughs> well, then no. I'd be fine. <laughs> You'd be fine too, yeah. Um, no, that's a beauty. That's a nose flute. They're, they're always fun. You can actually get plastic versions for like a dollar on the web. I think they might be called nose whistles. And they're oh. such fun to play. And it's like, it's so revolting, but you know, fun and giggly as insane. well. That's insane. Let me leave you with a bit of uh, um, world peace. Here is, um, I've got a couple of what were Irish whistles, right? So I do a lot of uh, uh, volunteer teaching for kids' music, and uh, I use these whistles as a lovely example of how the world is such a small place. So when it's the regular Irish whistle, it sounds like this.
Irish whistle. But here's the same Irish whistle with just a little bit of sticky tape over some of the holes. I don't know if you can see that. So with just a tiny bit of sticky tape, we can go from Ireland to the Middle East. How sweet is that, huh? So just sticky That's tape covering beautiful. some of the holes. And we got an Arabic theme and a uh, and you know what? The world's such a small place, just a bit of sticky tape and it'll be good. Yes, that's all. Yes, we need just a little bit of sticky tape, and it's all going to be better, isn't it? Yes, that's please. Right. We'll fix the planet. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully, next time I see you, we'll be on the set of Farscape. Yeah, bring it on. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> let's let's plan for that, Ricky. Okay. Totally. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but you know that uh, there has been some serious uh, chatter over this side of town. I'm like, come on, please. Yeah. That would be really nice. Well, so I've I'm been harassing Ricky Manning. You're still an actor, so let's bring him on. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, giving you giving you all the good vibes in the universe. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, Pleasure. Super happy to connect and everything and. And everybody, again, make yep, totally. And make sure you check out Guy online. And uh, yeah, thank you. And you, now, promise me you won't watch the next bit because I'll do my little song, but I'll let you go first because I'll be way too embarrassed. A year, funny <laughs> thing. All right, I'm out of here. Enjoy. Thanks very <laughs> much, you, everyone. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. bye, Guy. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have Have a good day. <gasps> there he is. There he is. Ah, there's my dog. Awesome. That's very cool. Nice to see beautiful guy. MacGyver was joining in there. So I'm going to pop you over to Guy's website so you can check him out online. This is his amazing uh, bio, uh, credits, uh, these never-ending lists of amazing things that beautiful guy has done. Uh, just wonderful uh, so check him out there at skycross.com I'm just scrolling down so there you go guys so now I'm gonna give you a little song uh, I wanted to let you know too we've been hanging out on zoom and uh, we're all gonna join up tomorrow after our twitch session here's the little link here so you can pick up a ticket and come and join us. Uh, all right, I'll give you a little tune. Now, while I do my tune, you guys have... <gasps> Thanks, Az. Thank you. Oh, you're a sweetheart. And thank you, Paul. I didn't want to interrupt for the, the amazing dragon spear that has followed, Az that has donated, Tex that has donated. I really appreciate it. This is my one and only job. So I love connecting with you guys and it means the world to me um, on so many levels. Um, so, uh, while I give you your song for the day, have a little listen and, oh, Live Man, I can tell you because we were speaking about it. Uh, I said, what, what did you think of that song that I, I did? I got really embarrassed. He said, you're a funny little thing. He said, it was great, but you'll never know if I made that up, will you? <laughs> All right, um, so have a think about what you would like to do tomorrow, guys, while I give you a song. And I'm sure I know what Juju's going to say. <laughs> All right, let's see here.
because we're down to our very last Farscape episode for season two. Can't believe it's here already. Uh, no. Oh my guy, but sorry, guys. He's he's ready for a walk. It's like I'm done, mum. Thank you for following Parker's and uh, Metal Dog. I'm just going through the list here. Uh, you guys are amazing. Thank you for following Dragon Spirit. If you're new to the group, guys, just click the follow button because then you get notified when we go online. And also, we've got lots of cool treats for the subscribers. We have emotes, and we also have uh, every Saturday we meet after Twitch on Discord, and we have a big chat for about an hour. Let me just let MacGyver out. Talk amongst yourselves for two secs. Oh, here you go. I'll, I'll play you a little something. I'll play you a little... I have to be in pro here because he's probably busting to use the loop. I'll play you the hashtag teaser and when I come back I will sing your song. So watch this for two secs before I let guy out. Welcome to your new celebrity franchise. Open the door to the rest of your life. Four, three, two, one, ready, go. Oh, I'm gonna level over you. X, what is your status? If you want to be successful, love what you're doing. Submit. 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 Product flash. No, you are the best friends. You're bringing social media to the next level. Be famous. I wish I was you. The ultimate influencer. The ultimate celebrity. The ultimate you. You will have all the friends you've been dreaming of. Make their choices for them. You've opened the door to the rest of your life. Fame. Fame is just a heartbeat away. Now MacGyver is out. <laughs> His family, I'm telling you. Ah. So here we go, guys. A little bit of fun for you.
All right, so what was the vote for tomorrow, Kiddly Winks? What would you like? What would you like? Would you like the finale for season two? 
Would you like a rescue episode? Would you like... <laughs> I don't understand why you want me to paint a donut. Are you joking right now? I can't tell if you're serious or not. Cheese, Bruno wants cheeseburgers. Juju been juggling. <laughs> why do I even ask? <laughs> you chicken little monkeys. Juggling I can't do. I can unicycle, but the thing is, is that my tire's flat. <laughs> Fan dancing. Okay, right. Of course, we're always joking. You cheeky, cheeky, cheekies. Fire spinning. Well, I could do fire spinning, but it's going to be daylight. So I could do some fire spinning for you, but it's going to be, I don't, you won't be able to, Um, I can't really do it. Yoga. Bradley's not joking. Kickboxing. Oh my golly. Oh, I'm getting exhausted just reading about it. Here, here is the link to Zoom. <laughs> uh, do it in the office, turn the lights off. Okay, it's set a light to the house. Jeremy, stop, don't tempt me with a good time. Bubble blowing, live man wants. Some yoga. What about, how about the finale for season two? Would you like that? Shadow Aquaman. <laughs> Would you like the season two finale of Farscape? What do you think? Would you like that? Put Sky on and we'll teach us <laughs> some new words. Oh, goodness. All right, we're going to do that because we've got Dad coming on on Saturday, so we won't have our Farscape episode on Saturday. So we are going to do the very, 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 very special grand finale of season two tomorrow okay so make sure you watch it on amazon prime if you can or your dvds and if you don't have the episodes or the dvds tune in anyway because we'll have lots of fun and i'll tell lots of cool stories thank you so much for coming in guys you all rock thank you beautiful frunium for popping in uh, you're amazing i'm going to give you a little tune from Jake and Gigi's Wonderland to, s to farewell you and I'll see you tomorrow for the season finale uh, here we go let's see what can I give you actually I'm going to give you a fancy music video love you guys see you tomorrow stay safe always 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 choose love we're all in this together. Dream the life, live the dream. Namaste. Bye. Love you guys. Thank you for all your follows and all your donations and all your subscribes. Big love. Loving you, baby.
Telling you 